Running is not meant to be stressful, and it doesn't have to be complicated. It's meant to bring us joy, clarity, and confidence. That's why I'm on a mission to teach you how I keep running simple and help you find your inner grit. Let's put an end to the idea that running is just one more weight loss strategy, because the truth is, running can actually be your ticket to a happier, more fulfilled life. By the way, this misconception that running is only meant for certain people, that the ability to run is something you either have or you don't, well, this just isn't true. Running has nothing to do with ability and everything to do with confidence. So follow me while I show you how to run your happy life. Welcome back to the Run Your Happy Life podcast. It's Tina, and I'm here to talk today a little bit about anxiety, a little bit about wanting to quit, and a little bit about why we really need to push through anyway. I'm going to share some stories, a little inside scoop basically from the Repa family this weekend. Um, There have been a lot of big feelings and emotions going on in so many ways from not just me and not just Mike, but from our kids also. And so I want to talk a little bit about that and how it's very relevant to a lot of the work that we are doing as new runners or just in the adulting world and how it can relate to us. But before we do that, I just want to thank you guys for taking the time to hang out with me. Your feedback and your comments mean so much to me. When I hear that you're putting me in this podcast, in your headphones, and listening, and it's helping you get through your walk, or through your run, or through your drive, I just feel so grateful to be able to spend this time with you. And I'm so glad that it's inspiring you, and motivating you, and making you want to come back for more, because I love being able to share these things with you guys. And I feel like a lot of the stuff that I talk about has taken me so long to learn and to figure out. I am literally on a, in a constant state of trying to learn more and just figure out life in so many ways. And so the fact that I can hop on here and share it with you and that you find value in it and it's helping you in your life is the most rewarding thing I could ask for after all of these years of reading and researching and trying to find all of the things to help make life run a little smoother, to help it feel a little fuller, to make things a little happier. Oh, like to help me run my happy life. That is so funny. But honestly, thank you for hanging out with me today. At this point when I'm recording, it's pretty exciting because I have a new group that started in January, my Winter Warriors. They're brand, 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 brand new to running and they're getting ready to start their week two. They just finished their warm up week, which is kind of like the challenge week that we had in, in November. And this coming week, they are heading into the prep program, which is a four week program before they start their 5K training, which is six weeks long. And it is just really exciting at this point to watch them, to watch these new runners 
surprise themselves and to show up so wholeheartedly, showing up with doubts, showing up with concerns, just showing up regardless and trying to figure it all out. And, you know, in these early stages of starting a running program or any program for that matter, there is a lot of resistance to accepting the fact that this is something you can take on. It's almost like we sit and we wait for moments of when things are going to get difficult, when is it going to get too hard, when is it going to be too much, and when am I going to fail? When am I not going to be enough because it's coming? This is kind of like the limiting belief that we all sit with, you know, as we move into new things, we kind of wait for the bottom to drop, no matter what the new thing is. It can be exercise related, it could be running, it could be a new job, it could be starting a running business, whatever it is, we kind of sit and wait for this moment when the universe is going to prove to us, like, see, I told you you couldn't do it because it just got too hard. And it's such a tough mindset to be in, to think of things that way. And so for me, when I think of running, And even when I start new running programs or I have new running goals, I don't really struggle with that because I've done it for so long. So my confidence level with running and new programs, I I just feel really good about jumping into anything really related to running or endurance sports in general because I've done it for so long. So I don't have that that mindset of when is this all going to crumble? But it does affect me in a lot of other ways. Like for instance, I mentioned starting this running business or this running program or this podcast, wondering when, when is it all going to crumble? When am I going to do something wrong and prove that this is just not meant for me or I can't really do this or I'm not going to be able to help as many people as I want to, whatever it is, those are all the limiting beliefs that pop up and I can see it begin to pop up in these brand new runners as they start to take on a new challenge. And so some of it looks like wondering if, you know, the typical concerns like, is am I young enough? Is my body strong enough? Do I weigh less enough? Less enough? Is that even a thing? I don't think that's a thing. Do I weigh? Am I light enough, I guess is what I should say. I don't know. See, it doesn't even make sense in a sentence, so it doesn't even make sense in life. So the answer to all of that is yes. You are exactly where you need to be, and yes, you can take on a new running program, regardless of your age and your weight and your physical ability. We are starting from ground zero on purpose. That's what all of this is for, is to take you from ground zero. And really the biggest transformation that's going to happen, that has happened to the runners before this group, and that will happen to them, has everything to do with confidence. You guys know that from my intro, right? It has everything to do with confidence. And so basically my role here on this podcast, for those of you who need it, and for those in my group, my role here is to give you the confidence that you don't have until you prove to yourself that you can do it. And that does happen. It happens, I would say, if I had to guess, and it's different for everybody, but on average, I would say it happens in week maybe six, maybe six overall, week six overall. So, well, I take that back. Let's go with week seven or eight overall, starting from the very beginning. 
And by that point, you start to think to yourself like, wow, I've shown up a lot and I've overcome a lot and I've pushed through a lot. I really can do this. And so I love when that light bulb clicks. And I have to tell you, like, I have a runner who started the prep program at ground zero, not having done anything, um, any physical activity, and definitely not running, and had so many doubts along the way. And I'm going to be interviewing her within the next couple of months because I want her to share her story, but she had so many self-doubts and limiting beliefs about whether or not she could do this to the point where it sometimes even brought her to tears. And her posts that she would put in the group, she would be crying or saying, I just don't know if I can do this. And so, you know, we all came together as a team to be that confidence for her. And what's crazy is I would say about three weekends ago or two weekends ago, she had gone out to do her three and a half mile run because she has still been at it for that long. She went through the entire program and then wanted to continue on. So she did round one, which is the program after the 5K program. And that's like runner basics. Basically, it's four weeks to get you to three and a half miles. And we were doing, I happened to be at her three and a half mile distance run and she was running with a 10K group. So we had all shown up to meet together, but she was only going to do a section of the run. She was only going to do her three and a half miles while the rest of the team who had trained for a longer period of time was gonna do their 10K, which is 6.2 miles. And so she, we all wanted to do a warm-up lap together, which ended up being about almost one mile, the warm-up lap. I think I mentioned this before in a previous podcast, but she did the warm-up mile with us and hadn't started her timer because it was just a warm-up mile. And so that was a whole mile. That was a whole mile. And then she started off on her run. And so I was calculating the distance in my head and I remember saying to her like, oh my gosh, you're done. You did it. You hit your three and a half miles. And she looks at me and she looks at her tracking I think she was tracking on her phone so she looked at her device looking for her mileage and she was like um it doesn't have three and a half on here yet so I'm going to keep going and she actually ended up doing four miles that day and this past weekend her plan because she continued on actually had her running four miles the longest official distance that she has done she finished up round two and she ran four miles this weekend coming from the prep program where she probably out of all of the runners I've worked with had the least confidence in her ability to do this and is now leading, helping to lead this new group. And she's out there running four miles on the weekend. What? Like what is going on? So when I say to you that it is a confidence issue or as a confidence need, I 100% believe in that and you guys have probably started to feel that already so sometimes you just have to show up whether or not you believe you can go the distance or not you just look at the day ahead you look at the very next next workout and you take that next step and that's also kind of the beauty of how this program works and something i mentioned before that you guys could try to do if you're not part of the program but you're attempting something new is to find a way to only dish out small increments. I only email out the running plan for the week to all of my runners. They only get the very next week coming up. They don't get to see anything else. So that leaves them with three workouts to look at in the week. And that's it. 
because it can get very overwhelming and very daunting if you start to look down the road and down the road and down the road at the things you're going to have to be doing because you're not the same person you will be when you get to that point. You are not the same person in week one that you will be in week six. So looking at week six as a week one runner would blow your mind and it would make you want to quit. And so we navigate that by me only sending them one week at a time so they only get to see what are my next three workouts for the week and that's it. And so if you're not a part of the program or if you are on a journey that's maybe not with beginning a running program but something new that's making you nervous or uncomfortable, See if there's a way you can slowly trickle it out to yourself. Maybe have somebody else email it to you or take a screenshot or email yourself. Maybe you could set up recurring or timed emails or something to yourself or just join the program because it's really great. (laughs) But I mean, honestly, it helps so much to only look at what's in front of you. Only look at what's in front of you. And here's the other thing I want to mention. And then I'll talk a little bit about how this relates to my family in this past weekend is that don't stare, don't stare at the water for too long. And what I mean is, you know, if you're standing on a diving board, if you're on a high dive and you're looking into the water, it is absolutely terrifying, right? It's terrifying to look down and wonder about all of the things that could happen on the way down or after you get into the water. It's terrifying. And the longer you stand there on the edge of that diving board, looking down into the water, the scarier it becomes. The best way to overcome that fear is to just jump in. Stop standing there and looking at the water and just jump in. If you stand and you analyze, and you plan, and you over-prepare, and you think, and you analyze, you're just making the monster bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and you're making the water scarier and scarier and scarier than if you were to just jump in. Because you know what happens when you just jump in? You realize, wow, that wasn't nearly as scary as I thought it was going to be. That wasn't a big deal at all. So going back to how this relates to my family is that Jocelyn, my oldest, is a natural worrier. She worries about things and she gets nervous and we have to work through a lot of those feelings with her to help her overcome her fears of not wanting to do so many things, right? Like she has a tendency to want to avoid things because discomfort is not, it's not something that comes easy to her. And when I say discomfort, I'm talking about just, you know, the nervousness of trying something new. And so we started working on this, I would say about two years ago, I really started reading a lot about doing things that, you know, you worry about being a worrier and how to work through that nervousness and trying new things because she was getting to the point where she was almost paralyzed with, well, like, I can't do that because I'm scared or I'm worried or I'm nervous. And it was consuming her because it was like she was spending too much time standing at the edge of the diving board, staring at the water, and she would overanalyze and overanalyze. And so we, she and I started working together to figure out how to overcome that nervousness and the worry. And we really, what we figured out was that it all had to do with just as kind of how I mentioned in the analogy of just jumping in. And this this is with every facet, everything that might worry you or make you nervous. 
the best thing you can do is to jump in and do it because the sooner you do, the more you realize that a lot of that was just your worry making things seem much harder than they actually were. And so it started with her. I mean, there was even a time because she had swimmer's ear. She had gotten swimmer's ear and it was like one or two summers ago and getting the medicine for the swimmer's ear was uncomfortable. She didn't like it. So she was not going to go in the pool. Like I'm done swimming. I'm not going underwater. It was the middle of summer. And she decided I'm not going in the water again. That's it. I'm done. And so that's when I really started reading about like, okay, how are we going to work through this? And um, for her, we created, first of all, we gave her worry a name and she decided she wanted to name it worry pants, which is so funny. So we recognized it when it was showing up like, oh, hey, that's worry pants again. Worry pants is back. And worry pants was not a bad thing. It was not something that we tried to avoid. It was just a part of us that we kind of welcomed and we could acknowledge. Right. And as a kid, she's seven at the time she was six. We could acknowledge like, oh, hey, that's my worry. This is worry pants. And we could tell the worry like, it's okay. You, I don't have to be worried. You don't have to be worried. You can go away. Thanks for checking on me because that's basically what our worry is, right? It's trying to make sure that we are safe. So we worry about things to keep ourselves safe. And so uh, we would acknowledge it like, oh, hey, that's my worry. I don't need you. It's okay. I'm safe. We would kind of laugh about it. And then we developed for her, it, you know, we called it the brave box, which was we, we developed a way to reward her for doing things that made her uncomfortable, something that she could have almost an instant gratification for whenever she was brave enough to do something she was worried about. And so for her, her brave box consisted of like, I think it was, you know, Amazon going on to get like party favors and things like that, uh, little toys and erasers we would put in a brave box and we called it the brave box. And so when her worry would start to peek its head, we would acknowledge it, oh, hey, my worry's back. And then we would say, it's okay, worry pants. I'm okay. I am safe. And then she would do whatever it is she was worried about. And then she would instantly get to pick from the brave box. It was highly motivating for her. And so then I had the concern of like, but am I bribing her to do things? But here's the thing. When you worry about certain things or you have like this um, resistance to getting uncomfortable, you don't like it. You actually want to do these things that you're worried about and maybe afraid of or nervous about, you want to do them. So eventually you don't need the brave box because you feel so good being able to do them. That's the reward. And I learned that through experience. Like the brave box thing kind of fell by the wayside. We didn't need it anymore because she saw by getting uncomfortable. And of course she was doing it for the little trinkets at first, right? Like all right, I'm going to do this. I'm not comfortable. I'm nervous, but I'm going to do it. She would pick her reward and she was so excited about the little, you know, reward that she got. But eventually she was like, oh, I don't have to be worried to go underwater anymore. My ears don't hurt when I go underwater. And that was the exciting part for her. That was the reward. Okay. So why am I sharing all this? Because it is the same for us as adults, right? We can stand there and stare at the water and talk ourselves out of doing anything, anything, whatever it is that's causing us nervousness or hesitation in jumping into something. And I'll tell you what most adults come to me with who are starting a new running program, and that is the fear of quitting. It comes up over and over and over again. 
it's one of those things that sits there and people worry about and they don't want to take the leap to start something because they have this fear that it's going to be awful then they're going to quit like quitting is something that they can't handle doing one more time because it makes us feel like it's an identity right it makes us feel like it's who we are well i didn't finish this so i'm a quitter but it, it's going to have to work just like it did with Jocelyn and her worry with getting in the pool or whatever it is. You have to jump in and do it. It's not going to go away by standing there and sitting on the sidelines and repeating to yourself, I'm afraid to try something new because I might quit. I'm afraid to do this because I might quit. I'm afraid of this because what happens when we do that? When we stand at the edge and stare at the water, it gets scarier and scarier and scarier. Okay, so how do we overcome it? We jump in. We jump in and see that it wasn't so scary. It wasn't as terribly hard as I thought. Most of the time when we quit things, you guys, it's not because it it actually has very little to do with us. It has a lot to do with the wrong plan. It has a lot to do with trying to do something that is too much, too hard, too fast, and not meeting us where we are in the season that we're in. And that's why people, quote, this is air quotes, quit things. It's not because they're a quitter. There are so many variables that go into trying something new. Why is it our default to look at ourselves and say, I didn't finish this because of me? There's something wrong with me. I can't do this because I'm a quitter. Why? Why can't it be that the plan was too hard? Why can't it be that you didn't account for the fact that you started a new job and your time was not going to allow you to have six days a week to get to the gym? Like, why is our instant default that it's because of me? Well, we have to change that. And really, the first step to changing that is acknowledging that we quitting is not an identity. Quitting is not who we are. Quitting is the choice to stop doing something because it's not working for us. That's what, air quotes again, quitting is. It's making the decision to not do something because it's not working for us. Either our goal isn't fitting where we are in our life or the plan is not appropriate for what we can handle at the time. And so... I want you to rethink this idea that I'm going to sit on the sidelines and I'm not going to jump in because I don't want to be a quitter because quitting is not an identity. Quitting is not an identity. So when we talk about the fear of trying something new, like I mentioned before, the one that comes up the most for new runners is this fear that I can't do it because I'm going to quit. Now, the reasons for quitting, there are so, there's various reasons people will say, well, I'm going to quit because I'm out of shape. I'm going to quit because I have no time. I'm going to quit because I am not strong enough. I'm going to quit because it's too hard for me. There are so many reasons that we could sit on the sidelines and say, I'm going to quit. I'm a quitter. I won't get to do this. And we can be fearful. Or you can just step up to the line, jump in, and see what happens. And here's another idea. What if you do try something, maybe you're not a part of a program, you don't have some sort of coach or a team and you're not sure what steps to take and you just wanna try something. What if 
when we stopped doing it, instead of saying, well, I quit something again, we said, I wonder what wasn't working for me. I wonder if I was trying to do this too hard, too fast, too far, or if my expectations are even realistic. And what if we made it about that? Just coming back to the start line every time and saying, okay, what do I need to change? Okay, that didn't work. What do I need to change this time? You will find something that works. Now, the reason that the programs and the runners that I work with work so well is because, again, they have my confidence. So they're willing to get uncomfortable knowing that I am telling them that this program works and that they will be able to get uncomfortable and to thrive in that. But also because I start everybody out where, where they are. I don't say go run a mile. I don't say go run for 15 minutes. I say, I want you to jog for 20 seconds. And then I want you to walk for five minutes. And I want you to repeat that four times. And guess what? If there was a runner who couldn't do that, then I would say, okay, I want you to jog for 15 seconds. I want you to walk for five minutes and repeat that four times. And guess what? If there was a runner who couldn't do that, then I would say, I want you to jog for 10 seconds. Are you with me? Do you see how that works? I don't say, okay, quit. Okay, you're done. No, I'm just starting you where you are and I'm giving you the groundwork so that you can build that foundation to meet your goals. And you guys know, anybody who's a part of the programs know that I am a firm believer in three days a week, at least for where I am in my life and where a lot of you are who are just starting. Many of you are busy, you're working, your parents, You've got a lot of things going on, and so we have to be realistic about this. We hit three days a week, and we call it a win. Like, that's our goal. That's our goal. So keep your expectations realistic. Keep coming back to the table if you're doing it on your own and saying, what can I change? What can I tweak? What can I come back and find that's a better fit for me? It won't always be the same fit, you guys. It won't always be the same fit. In fact, I just talked to my runners in Soulmates for Life. So those are my, my lifers are my, my runners who have gone through the beginning program and now they're they're on to like the next level, right? They want to keep moving on. Well, I just told them that Mike and I are currently trying to train for a marathon, which is 26.2 miles. And we hit the half marathon mark a few weeks ago before the holidays. And then we dropped back down for a few weeks. We did the 10K on one weekend. And it's time for us to start building back up again. But we're running into this this issue that our our weekly long runs are getting really long. They're getting to seven, seven and eight miles in the middle of the week. And it's it's very difficult for us because we work full time. We have two children. Um, they both do activities after school. And so for us, working up to the half marathon was beautiful. Like the long runs were difficult. We really had to get creative with how to make those long runs work. When we got into double digits especially, we had to come up with a strategy of Jocelyn riding her bike and then us locking it up when we get to a certain point and pushing the double stroller. So if she got tired when we were running 10, 11, 12 miles, she could get in the stroller when she was tired. It was it was quite a circus, but it worked. We could do it. And so now we're at the point at Crossroads where we're trying to figure out how to make this work. Now, we committed to doing training for this marathon because 
we have a group of people who are curious as to how the three day a week training plans will work and if they can get us to a marathon. We have proven that the training plans that I came up with will get us to a half marathon, but you know, everybody wants to know, but what if I decide to go farther? Not that everyone will, but some have mentioned they wanted to try to go beyond a half marathon, which is crazy, right? Because they started at ground zero in July. It's crazy. It's crazy, I know. So I am committed to seeing this through. But what have I already learned from this? That for us, trying to train for a marathon right now with where we are, the season of our life, it is very difficult. It is not easily set up for success for us right now. It is very much a struggle. And I'm just being honest because it's not that you know, I, I firmly believe that anyone can run a marathon. If you have the will and you are willing to put in the time to do that, I believe that. I don't have any doubts in our physical ability to do this. I don't actually have doubts with, with our ability to be able to do this. We will make this work and we're going to run a marathon in May. The thing is, it's going to be very difficult. It is not something that is sustainable for us at this point in our life. We're going to have to revamp our goals after this because I don't have a desire to try to figure out how to squeeze these long runs in the middle of my week at this point in my life. Now, I'm a school counselor and I have summers off. Will I want to try to do it again in the summer? Maybe, but where we are right now, I'm being realistic. I'm going to see this marathon through, but this is not sustainable for us. So there, I am not going to be a marathoner, a full marathoner for probably another year or so. Like, will I do it this year? Yes. Will I try to do it again next year? I don't know, maybe, but it's not something that I can sustain right now with where I am in my life. When I was doing marathons and ultra marathons, I didn't have kids, I had a full-time job, but Mike also traveled a lot for work. So I didn't have a lot of evening obligations that I had to be a part of. So I had so much flexibility. And I'm not gonna beat myself up now because I'm not able to make this marathon training work the way that I did before. I'm not going to because I've never trained for a marathon as a 38-year-old with two kids, a full-time job, a running program that I'm starting to run, and helping Mike with his business. Like, I've never been in this position before, and so I can't compare myself to who I was when I did this seven, eight, nine years ago. Yeah, I was out there running 50 milers and 40 milers and running six days a week and running, you know, multiple marathons in a year. And that's pretty fantastic. I'm very proud of that, but I'm not that same person, right? So I can't have those same goals. So I've already learned about myself through this very beginning of the extended marathon training that this is not sustainable. And I'm learning it because I'm seeing it in Mike too, which is the other thing I wanted to talk about. I told you that I would talk a little bit about how all of our family kind of is a part of this conversation. But we, you know, Mike is struggling with this also because it's the three days a week we've got down. Like we love running three days a week. We even love our double digit long runs together on the weekends, even though it's like a circus. 
getting that getting out there as our whole family and trying to make it work is really rewarding for us and we're enjoying that so for us half marathon training is where it's going to be like we're going to do probably a couple of those per year and that feels right for us right now it's not easy 10k training would probably be easy for us but we want to push ourselves right we don't want to just sit in the comfortable place we want to be in that uncomfortable I've got to push myself and make this work in all facets of life and that just feels good for us but we are feeling the pressure of this marathon training so all right Tina well why aren't you following your own advice and saying this is just not for me right now we are seeing this through because we have a whole team of people that we want to give the option to of pushing beyond a half marathon and proving that you absolutely can do it with three-day-a-week workouts. Now, if if you have the time to do those three-day-a-week workouts, I believe it will take you all the way to a full marathon. Here's the thing. We may have to break up our long run in the middle of the week into four days because it's just not as feasible for us to squeeze it in. I don't know. This is still something that he and I are playing around with, but he has been so unmotivated these past, I would say, two to three weeks. He did get COVID, so that was a week of, you know, not doing anything at all. He's recovered from that. But coming back, recovering from that, and then seeing the mileage that we have to hit right now for the marathon, that was very daunting for him. That was very daunting for him. He has run off and on for periods of his life, but for, you know, a long time, he was not running at all because he hated running, hated it. Even when I loved it and I was doing it so much, he wasn't doing those marathons and ultra marathons with me. He hated it. But in July, when the new runners signed up and said, "I, you know, make me a runner, he was watching how much fun they were having and how excited they were getting and how good they were feeling about their bodies and their, their new goals and bringing back like the athleticism that they used to feel. He wanted to be a part of that. So he was like, reluctantly, it's funny, we kind of laughed because I didn't ask him, but he was like, ugh, fine, I'll do it, I'll sign up. And so he started this in July also. So he's kind of been like my, I don't know, a guinea pig for a lack of a better word. And he's allowing me to take him through all of these training plans to see how he feels as a non-runner, like a really a non-runner because he hasn't run for years. And for the past couple of years, to be honest, he hasn't done anything physically, physical fitness wise. He just hasn't. He's been working, putting all of his energy into work and not focusing on his physical fitness. And he has a very sedentary job. So when he started this in July, he was starting it literally from couch. (laughs) So, or I should say from office chair and working his way up. We got him to a half marathon and he feels fantastic. He feels so good. His blood pressure is amazing, which is something that he does struggle with. Um, His numbers are so good and he's He loves having running as a part of his life, which is hilarious to me because I've tried for years. I guess I just didn't have a plan that actually worked for him. And so he's loving it. He's losing steam right now because he's overwhelmed with the amount of mileage. So for the past couple of weeks, he's I've had to like push him out the door and even have the soulmates yell at him to get him out the door. And he's been going out, but he hasn't been like feeling that desire to really get out there. And that's why I know that this is going to be, it's going to be tough. It's just not a great fit for us, but we're going to do it. We're going to see this through um, because we can do hard things and we're going to make it work. But I do know that tonight 
he, I ran today during swim lessons. I ran the first of our three workouts for the week and he did not. He had a busy day at work and couldn't go how he had normally planned, which was on his lunch break. And so I came home and he was like, I see you ran. And it's kind of an ongoing joke now because we know his motivation is like in the toilet. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I did run today. And, you know, he's like, well, how far did you go? And I told him I ran three miles today. And so um, he, you know, we got the kids to bed and he was like, fine, I'm suffering from seasonal depression. I'm so sad right now. And I was like, you want to be a soulmate? I was, I was teasing him. I'm like, say it. You want to be a soulmate? And he was like, no, I want to be a runner, which was so, which is so funny to hear him here. He's like, I just want to be a runner again. You guys, he's been running, by the way. He's just not as motivated and feeling bad about himself. And I said, yeah, but you want to be a soulmate. And he was smiling and we were laughing and he was like, fine, I want to be a soulmate. And so he's like, I'm going back in. And he goes into the our private Facebook group and he starts reading everybody's posts about the runs. And he's like, he puts down his phone and he said, I'm going for a run. And it was about nine o'clock tonight when he went out for his run. And he came back all smiles. I have a video of him that I'm going to post in our, probably in our private, our private group when um, he was so excited, so proud of himself. Again, he was standing at the edge, staring at the water, thinking, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I'm not going. I'm too tired. And then he just jumped in and he feels like a million bucks. And I said, say it again. Say you want to be a soulmate. He's like, I am a soulmate. It was really funny. I realize it's probably not funny at all <laughs> listening to it on the podcast, but it was it's really funny, especially if you know Mike. Um, but he jumped in tonight and he's finding his mojo again. And we're getting into the groove because we can sit back and say, oh, this marathon training is too hard. It's too hard. We can't do this, but we're not. We're diving in. And I, I sent him the plan last night. I sent everybody their plans for the week last night. And um, we're ready to rock and roll and we're going to do this. And we're mentally prepared. It's going to be tough, but we're going to get through it. And it's going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. And we're going to run a marathon in May. And many of our runners who started in July will be running a half marathon in May, which is so exciting. And um, a lot of our runners who are starting right now will have the opportunity to also do a run, a race, a 5K if they want. They'll be ready for a 5K in March but they can do a 5K or even farther than that if they want to. It just depends on where they want to go. And so I guess as a summary, you guys, to all of this um, chatting that I'm doing tonight about being afraid to do things is if you find yourself standing at the edge of that diving board in whatever aspect of life we might be referring to, stop staring and jump in. Stop staring and jump in because I promise you will realize two things, two very important things. One of them is that it was not nearly as scary as you thought it would be. And the second one is that you are very capable of doing hard things. You are very capable of getting uncomfortable. You are very capable of doing things that other people think they can't do and that other people won't do. It's just a matter of making the decision to step out of your comfort zone and do it anyway. Because those people who step out of their comfort zone, 
they will rise to the next level. And you can either rise with them or you can watch them rise and then call yourself a quitter, which we now know is not true. You just need to jump in, step up, and figure out what it is that's going to work for you. If it doesn't work, come back to the start line and do it again. It's just a matter of finding what works for you and you will find it. And once you find it, you will thrive. I promise. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. If you haven't done so yet, I would love for you to subscribe to the podcast so you get notified every time a new episode drops. And also follow me on Facebook at... Tina Reppa running and follow me on Instagram at run with Tina Reppa. I would love to hear more feedback from you guys. What do you want to hear? What do you need? How are you feeling? I love it. I live for it. And I'm so glad you guys are finding so much motivation and inspiration. I hope you have a wonderful week and I can't wait to see all of your posts of all the new things you're trying and all of those runs you're getting done. Bye guys. Thanks for listening guys. Remember if you heard something that resonated with you, or something you think someone else needs to hear, make sure you share this episode. You can carry on the conversation by joining the Run Your Happy Life Facebook group or by following me on Instagram at runwithtinareppa. Send me a DM and let me know what you'd like to hear more about. I'm on a mission to turn non-runners into runners and doubters into believers. So if this is you, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Until next time, go get uncomfortable and chase that sunshine.